Greetings in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord, you have switched on this podcast that I am sending over to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I've been praying a lot for this because this is God's word for us today. And I trust that you will receive what God wants you to receive today by His grace. We have a wonderful Father. But what we struggle many times is, where is God? Does He know me? When I shout for help and cry to help and pray for help, is He there listening? How do I pray that I can communicate with God, that I can speak to Him? And how, uh, how could I be assured that's listening to me? These questions come when we're in a desperate situation and seems to be God is not there. God cannot be reached. So tonight, or today, from God's Word in Luke 11, verses 5 to 13, we are going to see what God is telling. It comes about in a parable, and we have entitled this, have time with God. I have divided this passage into two. Luke 11 verses 5 to 8 as the parable. And the second part, verses 9 to 13, is to see the principle in the prayer life. So I trust that the Lord will bless you as you listen to God's word. As we read each verse or two verses at a time, we'll pause to bring out certain lessons, certain principles, or what God is telling us today. The first part is the parable, verses 5 to 8. Verses 5 and 6 reads, And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, Lend me three loaves. Verse 6, For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Now what we see here is number one. There are three characters. There is a visitor who has come and hungry. Next is the host, the friend to whom this friend visited, and a friendly neighbor that this host, the friend, goes to. There are now three characters. Now, it says here that this host, having no bread, went to his friend at midnight, very unholy hour. And he came with a request, a desperate request, lend or borrow want to be repaid, just three loaves of bread. Lend it to me, meaning to say, he's going to repay, one way or the other. So because he had nothing set, he was unprepared, unable to host this visitor. Sometimes we are caught unprepared, or caught in the dilemma, or come to a crossroad. And many times we run to a friend who could help us. 
maybe we run out of money and uh, hopefully they will lend us. Or we need a ride to take us somewhere or to just lend us their vehicle, their car, or whatever we may need. And sometimes some of us do not have a cell phone and uh, we need to call home. So we see a friend with a cell phone and we request, can we, may I use your cell phone to just call home? And some are readily willing to help, but of course some do not know you, may not even give to you the cell phone because you might run away with the cell phone. Well, anyway, in this case, this host that the visitor who arrived is to be fed, but he did not have anything, so he goes to a friendly neighbor to ask. Well, actually not really ask, but to borrow, hoping to pay back. So in Luke 11.7 we read, And he from within, that is the whole, the visitor neighbor, shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. So here, the neighbor friend, he is from within the house, and it's already shut. Now he had his excuses. He said, trouble me not, considering this visit of his neighbor friend coming to him for bread, is troubling him. It's already midnight. They're ready to go to sleep. Number two, the door is already shut. I don't know how hard it is to open, but it's already shut. And then this uh, host who's in need of bread is really knocking hard. And the children are already with him in bed. Now, in that setting, for Filipinos who know the barrio life, many times these houses with a nipa roof and very humble walls, they don't have bedrooms. Sometimes you walk in without stairs, it's on the ground level, and some are raised and they have their steps, um, just bamboo going up. And when you go in, just one room. In one corner is the stove. In one corner are the beddings rolled up. And in another corner, the clothes. No bedrooms. And it's different. And now, when it comes to nighttime, all they do is open the mat and spread out the family, spread out lying on that mat, sleeping. And sometimes they cross it over. So when the door is knocked and somebody's calling and they're already asleep, it's very inconvenient to walk over others who are sleeping there on the mat, on the floor. So he said, I cannot rise, this neighbor. He said, that excuse. And lastly, excuse, I cannot give thee. You know, probably what he meant is, I just bake the bread. It was not bought from a store. And it is good only for breakfast tomorrow. And if I give it to you, I have nothing for breakfast or whatever. He said, I cannot give you. That's the parable here of this friend. Now we come to verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rest and give him because he is 
his friend. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. So, although this neighbor friend did not like to give up, but because this host friend of his, whose visitor had just arrived, is really with importunity, Naki, please, 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 I need your help. This friend of mine is very hungry, maybe has not eaten for a number of days, and I please I need, I have no more food to feed him. Please, I maybe you could say, I smell you are baking some bread there. Give me some, only three. Normally you cook maybe 10 or 20. Spare me three. And finally he decided he would just give him as many as he needs. Reluctance overcome to help his friend, the host. Because of his importunity, critical and urgent need. Sometimes we get so critical in our cry to God. And some preachers have been saying, if we need anything from God, we really have to beg. We really have to cry. We have to say it's critical. It is urgent. As though God did not know. All along, God knows about that. But there's a lesson to follow. And the final decision, this whole, this neighbor friend decided to give as many as needed, not only three. Now the second part of this section here are the principles that Jesus applied now to this situation and in practical ways spiritually. And so in verse 9, Jesus said, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And then verse 10, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Ask. Now, this is now spiritually. When we come before God, we only ask, not beg. Do not plead. Rather, we claim. The Bible is full of the promises of God. And when we stand on these promises, we are claiming. We are not forcing God to give. In Psalm 23, 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Who are the enemies? It's not necessarily people. It's the devil. The, de the devil, like a lion, seeks human devour, putting difficult situations across our way, critical needs, or some embarrassing situations. But now we come to the table, Psalm 23, 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. At home, when you come to the table, let's say when you're in a picnic, and if table is set. You don't have to beg from your dad. You don't have to pay for it. You come and claim, oh, I like this. I like that. And the dad or the family is so happy to give it to you. Now seek to look for. We are not encouraged to look for the item. 
but for the source of the item, and that is Jesus. In Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The source, the Lord, seek after him. Or in Jeremiah 29:13, And ye shall ask, seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So whatever the need, when you come to the Father who has everything, who understands all our needs and is able to supply, we have to seek Him. Not that He is hiding, but we seek Him because He is there. All He wants, He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is calling, but we have to seek after Him. It's because the devil would like to distract us, lead us somewhere else, go to other friends, gathers possible sources of help or advice, that come to God and seek after Him. And lastly, to not. Some people, when they have big problems and cannot solve it, they knock their head. They strike their heads. Maybe it's their fault. But it doesn't have to be. Striking the head will not solve the problem. Rather, we knock on the door. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus is the one we knock. The door, in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We come to him, the door, and we knock. Now, here is a relationship picture. In John 11, verses 11 to 13. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Or if he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children? Hallelujah. We'll take only the first part of verse 13. So, we are now presented a new relationship. Instead of just three friends, three friends, a friend who's in need, the host friend, and the neighbor friend, there is now a father and son relationship. It's a filial, a family relationship. So it's a different picture altogether. And Jesus is saying, if you have received me as your Lord and Savior, you're a member of the family in John 1.12. But as many as receive him, to them he has given the right, the power, authority to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. If we are children of God, he is our father. And as a father, for example, it says here, if a person asks from the father um, bread, Will the father give him a stone? Or if the son asks for a fish, will the father give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Ah, no. The father is more eager and prepared to give. Hallelujah. And the father knows what we really, the son, needs. Hallelujah. Sometimes we children 
do not know exactly what we need. So we have certain wants because other people have it, and that is covetousness. We want, we envy what they have, and so we want the same. That's not a need. God knows what our needs are. And then it says here, the Father gives good gifts, even earthly Father gives good gifts to the children. These are talking about good fathers, not the drunkards, not the gamblers, but a good father, conscientious about the children, providing for them. And there's a son in need, the son, the father will help. Now the second part of verse 13, now much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. You say, what is this verse? I need a set of clothes. Why will I pray to Heavenly Father and He promises He'll give me the Holy Spirit? I have to go to school every day. If I ride on a bus, I may be late. I need a car. I will pray the Father for a car. He'll give me the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I am hungry. I need food. I lost my job. Can I pray for a job or food? And He will give me the Holy Spirit? Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, the authority is needed by every child of God. So now we're Christian. The Heavenly Father gives us the Holy Spirit according to Ascone. You shall receive power of authority, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the bottommost parts of the earth. Some people like to be a good preacher, and so they want eloquence. They like uh, dramatic presentation. No, it is the Holy Spirit. Secondly, in John chapter 20, verse 22, when was the Holy Spirit given to the apostles. It was when Christ already had resurrected from the dead. And he appeared to the apostles. And it says here, and he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. Hallelujah. Just like in the creation of Adam, after God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, he breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And that is that happens. When you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if we confess Jesus is Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that moment we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the moment we receive the gospel and we believe and receive Christ, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We are already sealed, but there's a big difference. According to Romans 8, 26 and 27, that, and we know that God works out all things for, for good, rather, sorry, Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, we don't really know how to pray for us we ought, but the Spirit will pray through us even with groanings which we are not able to utter. 
If there is anybody who knows exactly what our needs are, it is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, And I will pray the Holy Spirit will come unto you, and He will pray with you and for you. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing that we now live in the Spirit. And even in our prayer life, He will direct us how to pray. God does not judge our prayer by our eloquence or dramatic way of praying. I had a pastor friend who wanted to pray, but man, he just wanted to imitate Billy Graham. Very dramatic. But here's Billy Graham speaking in by a great crowd. And he's not just talking to one person, but talking to a great crowd. And he has to communicate. And they barely can see him. But his voice carries out with his sound system. And he's so dynamic. And some people think, if I am to have a powerful prayer, I have to pray like Billy Graham or some of the preachers in the television. They're so dynamic. They are so dramatic when they pray. No, we don't put them down. But that is not what God is looking for. Come to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to pray about this issue. Have mercy. Come upon me and pray through me. Even without with the words that I cannot say. I cannot be able to express myself. I am lost. I am caught between maybe two or more ideas and decisions to be made. God, have mercy. Speak through me how to pray for and what to pray for. Hallelujah. And then the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what exactly to pray for and the signs that He will give to tell you that this decision, the other decision, is the right one. Number one, this decision to be followed. The other decision, no, not that way. Reject that. Only go with this other. And then you know exactly your decision. And down the road, you find out you made the right decision by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Especially the Holy Spirit can give you that faith that God loves you. He cares for you. He just wants to answer your prayer and give you the desire of your heart. As you delight, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. As you delight in God's Word and you know God's desires, He will plant His desires into your heart and then He will give you the desire of your heart. It's not your personal desires, earthly desires, corrupt desires, lustful desires. No, it is His desire. Again, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. He will plant the right desires in your heart that you will only ask the things that will please Him, that it's according to His will and for His glory. Hallelujah. And when that is done, the answer is always yes. But when you pray against God's will, of course, the answer will be no. And you say, Pastor, what if I pray against God's will? Am I sinning? We have one person who never sinned, and that's Jesus Christ. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
he prayed intensely. God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Praying for one hour. Then ends that hour prayer. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Gets up to see if his this three apostles, Peter, James, and John, are praying as he requested them to join in prayer. Oh, they were asleep. He woke them up. Come on, pray. And he goes back, uh, go back to his place where he was praying alone. And he prayed again, Lord, Father, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. What was that cup? He will die for the guilt of our sins. Die on the cross of Calvary. The Holy Son of God will be placed all the sin of the whole world from the time of Adam even unto the last person in this world. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. At the end of that hour, second hour, nevertheless, Father, not by will, but thine be done. He goes back to the apostles. They were still asleep. Again, they were Peter, James, and John, the very ones closest to him. Then he goes back and pray, Lord, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me for another hour. And ends again, not my will, but thine be done. And he goes back to the apostles and said, okay, sleep on. The time has come. And that was when he comes down with the apostles and he was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. And he was arrested and brought to Caiaphas' hall, the high priest's hall, and to Pilate's hall. If this cup passed from me. He did not sin, although he was praying against the Father's will, but every time saying, Not my will, but thine be done. What was God's will? That he will die on the cross for our sins. What a wonderful example. We can know God's will. We will know our will. And we only know God's will. We only yield to God's will that it be done. This will only come as you know and come close to God in prayer. He will reward you. He will answer your prayer. So spend time with God. Delight yourself in Him, and you will know His will to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to direct you, to empower you. And you will experience the wonderful life. Let us pray. O God in heaven, the life in the Spirit is a life of peace, a life of victory, a life of abundance, Oh, hallelujah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What a wonderful, abundant life it will be as we only seek you and let your Spirit guide us. I pray you will bless all the listeners of this podcast that, Lord, Their life will be abundant in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.